You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I want to talk to you about my experience, as well as looking at the research, of what impact staying off social media has on our mental health. And specifically, I'm going to go through a systematic review and kind of talk about the research, and then tell you about my own personal experience staying off social media. Now, you might be thinking, you do podcasts, and that's social media. I guess what I'm saying is, I've spent a considerable amount of time off of things like Instagram or Facebook. Uh, I don't do Twitter I don't really look at any YouTubes unless it's a video assigned for a class. So that's more the social media I'm talking about. Yes, I still listen to podcasts. And yes, I still record podcasts. However, my poison seems to be Instagram. Long and the short of it. Instagram is what causes me the most anxiety when I spend a lot of time on it. Depression body image issues, disordered eating behaviors, and being completely transparent. I am not the best version of myself when I am on social media. And I know we've talked about creating boundaries around social media. I've mentioned that a lot. But sometimes boundaries aren't enough. Like saying I'm only going to do X amount of time at X time of the day. For a lot of us, it doesn't work. I know that a lot of people have businesses that rely on social media, but a lot of us don't as well. So I think we need to be really honest with ourselves about the level of engagement we actually need. And for me personally, I want my podcast to reach as many ears as possible because I want to put out as much life-giving, health-promoting information as possible. But when I am studying to be a mental health professional and I'm doing things that are negatively contributing to my own mental health, I have to stop and look in the mirror and say, am I practicing what I'm preaching? So if I'm out there saying protect your mental health, do all these things to you know, support your mental health, and yet I'm doing things that are detrimental for my mental health, it creates that cognitive dissonance where I'm doing one thing and saying another. So eventually I'm going to either have to change what I'm doing or change what I say, change what I think. So for me, I know and I knew that a huge component to my overall healing, especially when it comes to the chronic pain that I experienced over the last three years. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's past episodes where I go into my story. But I knew that staying off social media was a huge component to overcoming that chronic pain. And let me tell you, I did not realize or imagine 
how big of an impact it would make. I would maybe, maybe get two days of no pain. And again, for those of you that don't know the background, I'd have this chronic facial pain and headaches, but like where it felt like my face and my head was on fire and just like unimaginable for three years. And I'd get maybe two days and I have not been active on social media for at least four months. And I have like weeks now where I don't have pain. And when we look at something like chronic pain, it's real. The pain you're experiencing is real. But when it becomes chronic, you have to ask yourself, okay, why are these pathways why have they been laid and what are triggering these pathways on any given day at any given time? And we also have to look at the nervous system because our nervous system is affected by chronic pain and it responds even when we're not in danger and there's no threat. It responds in a way over and over and over again until we break that cycle and we figure out what's triggering the nervous system. That's a whole other rabbit trail that I uh, I won't go down but that was just one of the benefits and I'll talk about the benefits I first want to go over this study that was done by Phelan's and colleagues in 2021 and they were investigating the relationship between Instagram use and indicators of mental health such as self-reported well-being Uh, depression, anxiety, stress, drug and alcohol use, as well as indicators of body body image such as disordered eating. Now to assess the complexity of this relationship, they mapped out the variables they found into four categories. Instagram membership, intensity of Instagram use, type and use of Instagram content, so the the content people are looking at, and the characteristics of the user's Instagram profile. And instead of going into the whole study, I'm just going to highlight some of the results because this was a systematic review, meaning they looked at a bunch of different research. And this is so wonderful about systematic reviews is that it's not just one single study they're looking they're looking at multiple studies and drawing conclusions or inferences based on all of these different studies that they find i love systematic reviews i know like there's no one ever but i do i like them so overall it appears that having an instagram account or instagram membership does not pose a risk to well-being. However, Instagram membership doesn't allow the differentiation between high and low intensity Instagram use or the type of content one is exposed to. So we kind of have to take that finding with a grain of salt. Interestingly, Facebook membership has been linked with detrimental outcomes such as high internalization, drive for thinness, body surveillance, so constantly checking how our bodies are, self-objectification, eating pathology, and lower body satisfaction. Research also suggests that Facebook users report more depression, social stress, and insomnia. That was really interesting. Now, this main article is just focusing on Instagram usage, but that was a little side note. 
The majority of the studies included showed a small to moderate negative association. So when I say negative association, that means as one variable increases, the other one decreases. When I say a positive association, it means when one variable increases, the other increases as well. So negative association doesn't mean it's always like a bad thing. It just means as one thing goes up, the other thing goes down. So when I say a small to moderate negative association between Instagram intensity of use and self-esteem, it means as the intensity of use goes up, the self-esteem goes down down. So that's what I mean when I say negative association. They also found a small to moderate positive association between intensity of usage. So the more you use it, the more you socially compare yourself to others, the more you compare your appearance to others, the more depressive symptomatology you display, and the greater negative body image and disordered eating symptoms you display. So that those things increase with the intensity of usage. However, the majority of studies did not find a significant effect between intensity of use and anxiety. When looking at the type of use and content, the most supportive finding throughout the review was that participants who view or are being exposed to upward social comparison material, so When we look at comparison, we can look at from an upward social comparison or a downward social comparison. So when we're comparing ourselves upward, we're comparing ourselves to people we think are better than us. And when it's a downward social comparison, we're comparing ourselves to people we think are not as good as us. So this is looking at upward social comparison. So the most supported finding throughout the review was that participants who view or are being exposed to upward social comparison material people or things that they think are better than themselves tend to report more more social and appearance comparison as well as detrimental effects on self-esteem and indicators of body image and disordered eating. However, exposure to other content may actually have beneficial effects. When looking at body positive content or humorous images, both have been shown to increase body satisfaction. So the content we look at, it matters. You can't say that all content is going to cause, you know, mental health issues. Some content may actually be beneficial. So it's really important to not, uh, you know, draw huge inferences and conclusions that Instagram is all bad. And I know sometimes I paint Instagram or social media in a negative light, because it's been quite negative for me, but there's also benefits as well. So I I just do want to highlight that. Exposure to upward social comparison also does not seem to impact anxiety. So that was just another finding. They looked at Instagram browsing, so scrolling. It's been related with positive and detrimental outcomes. So inconclusive findings, mixed findings. Posting, so posting content, has been linked with increased loneliness, whereas Instagram interaction, interacting with one another, has been linked with a decrease in loneliness. So the type of interaction matters. If you're just posting, it's been linked with more loneliness. But if you're actually interacting, there's it's been shown to have a decrease in loneliness. So again, mixed findings there. 
It's all nuanced. Let's talk about selfies. Some of the, the research that they looked at and results on selfies. So taking more selfies before posting is linked with depression, distorted body image, and disordered eating. So the more selfies you take, the more those things increase. Editing selfies is linked with social and appearance comparison, body image, and disordered eating. There was a positive association that was found between selfie posting and contingent self-esteem, so self-esteem that's contingent upon something, Instagram-related conflict, and negative relationship outcomes. That's a really big one. So a positive association as one thing increases, the other thing increases. So an increase in selfie posting and an increase in negative relationship outcomes. Why might that be? I mean, they didn't go into it and it's a rhetorical question because you're obviously not sat in front of me. You can't answer, but that's a really interesting finding. The more selfies you take, the more negative relationship outcomes are shown. Very interesting. I will say that I take a lot less pictures now that I'm not on social media and hence virtually no selfies. And I do find when I did take a bunch of selfies, like I would not feel good about myself. So my N of one study on myself supports those findings. The number of followers one has has been positively associated with self-reported happiness. So the more followers you have, the more self-reported happiness you display. But (laughs) it's also linked with depression, anxiety, and fear of missing out. So it's also self-reported happiness, and self-report measures are notorious for issues. The number of followees one has has been positively associated with social comparison, depression, appearance anxiety, body image disturbance, concerns about beauty standards, and fear of missing out. That's a lot. Again, uh, that study was done by Phelan's and colleagues in 2021. Now going over... So that's what the research says. Now going over my own experience, and I want to talk to you about some of the benefits that I've directly experienced. And, you know, thinking about it, I honestly, I don't, I can't think of any negative, negative associations with not being on social media. Um, Maybe there's been a decrease in loneliness, but I felt pretty lonely on social media, even like almost worse because you have, you know, this interaction, but it's generally not meaningful and it's so fleeting that it almost makes you feel more lonely. I don't know if that makes sense, but here's some of the benefits that I've derived from staying off of social media in particular Instagram and Facebook, like I could take it early, but I really don't care. I don't go on it at all. It's super boring to me. Okay. So I've experienced a decrease in anxiety and depression, which I alluded to before. I noticed that I am better able to self-regulate my emotions. However, there's a confound because I've also been seeing my therapist again. So is it staying on social media? Is it therapy? Probably a bit of both, and it depends. 
like any good psychologist would say, it depends. Uh, this is a, an interesting benefit, as, as I was thinking. There's been an increase in introspection. So the amount that I'm like kind of looking inwards. Again, one of the big confounds is I'm in therapy again. So could that be it? Potentially, uh, most likely. But I also have more time to be able to do that. I'm not like numbing my mind by aimlessly scrolling on Instagram and habitually checking my phone. Like I don't pick up my phone nearly as often as I did when I was on social media. That kind of leads me to a question. Do you think an increase in introspection would be a benefit or could there be some negative issues associated with an increase in introspection? I think both. Um, For me and for many people, sometimes we find with an increase in introspection, you can actually see depressive symptomatology get worse because people are looking inwards more and dealing with things. But I think over the long term, an increase in introspection is beneficial. However, in the short term, it may be associated with some more negative outcomes. It, It really depends on the person. Again, it depends. I'm able to be present more than I was before. And that's different from introspection. Introspection is looking inwards, but being present is actually like experiencing life around you. One thing I've noticed is that um, I've just been like, sometimes I just sit on the couch and look out the window and play with the dogs more and like actually play with them, not just like, you know, throw a ball for a minute and then, you know, look at my phone constantly the whole time, but like actually play with them. Um, and that brings me a lot of joy and it develops my relationship with, with my animals. Um, and you can, you know, insert anything for animals, your children, your spouse, your partner, your friend, whatever. Uh, if you're not able to be present in those relationships, those relationships aren't going to be very fulfilling. And so I would encourage anyone who maybe is having some relationship issues to look at the role that social media is playing on that. Or if it is at all, it may not be. But is the amount of time you spend on social media affecting your ability to be present in the relationship, which affects its quality? I am way more productive. So like I get shit done. I get on top of things right away. This semester has been a breeze because I'm not distracted. Like when I need to do something, I sit down and I do it. I don't look at my phone. One other thing, um, I I listened to a podcast one time and it was talking about how just the presence of our smartphone draws us in. It takes our attention away because there's this virtual world that's just sitting there kind of beckoning us to come into it. So I physically put my phone out of sight. It's still within reach. I put it underneath. I have this like standing desk uh, that I sit down, but it like jacks it up because I'm six foot one. But I put it underneath where the keyboard sits. So I can't even see it. It's not in my line of sight. And therefore, I kind of just forget that it's there. I, I don't reach for it all the time. So I'm definitely more productive because I'm less distracted. Uh, I also 
make sure that I'm not distracted by turning off notifications and keeping it out of my line of sight, my phone. My relationship with Kevin is better. Just going to throw that out there because I feel better about myself. And so I'm not like also nitpicking him because I'm looking at other people's relationships and comparing myself. Remember all the research that, that the study I just quoted looked at between social comparison? Like I'm doing that a lot less because I'm not exposed to it. Like I'm just around the people I'm around. So those are the people I'm comparing myself to, whether conscious or unconscious. I'm not comparing myself to thousands of other relationships or people that I don't know. I feel better about my body, not all the time, but more than I do when I'm on social media. And feeling better about your body and body image is contingent upon so many different variables so we won't get into that but I would say that it's better I have more time to do things that bring me joy like I said playing with the pups just like I drew the other day like I I drew a picture Uh, that was quite nice less social comparison means I have less of a need to buy things or look a certain way Like, do you ever find when you're on social media, you just like want to buy things or like try different makeup tips? Like, I don't know what your feed is, how it's been curated for you, but like makeup tips. And I do want to preface this by saying I still go on Pinterest. But the things that come up are like, (laughs) my hairdresser listens to my podcast, so she's going to laugh at this. I always look at hairstyles and different blonde highlights. So that is predominantly what comes up on my Pinterest. Shout out to Jody, who's the best hairdresser in the entire world. Uh, recipes come up because that's also what I look at on Pinterest, but also like makeup tutorials. And when I find if I if those things come up a lot for me, I find I want to try new makeup or I'm not happy with how my face looks or, you know, whatever. So then I need to to back off of that as well. Let's talk about posture. I mean, selfie neck, uh, texting neck, looking down at your phone neck is a real thing. Imagine the pressure that happens when your head juts forward. This is getting into my personal training uh, background. But that posture, that position of your head puts an extreme amount of stress on your neck, causing headaches and tension headaches. So that could also be contributing to less pain and less headaches because I'm not constantly looking down at my phone. It is so terrible for your posture. I just want to point that out. If you're going to be on your phone for an extended period of time, I know it looks silly, but like lift it up so it's in your line of sight when your head is looking forward and pull your chin back. I'm doing it right now. Pull your chin back so your head is not jutting forward. Will your arms get sore holding your phone up like that? They absolutely will, but maybe that will encourage you not to look at your phone so much. I'm more intuitive with food. This was a really interesting benefit that I did not anticipate. So when we have constant noise coming in and I still get it because I still listen to podcasts and sometimes it's information overload and I just need to cut out the noise and then I take a break of listening to anything but when you have 
all of these people's opinions and narratives squawking at you saying, don't eat this, eat this, this causes inflammation, this doesn't, like blah, 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 blah. The more you listen to that, the more you internalize it. And so there's something called the recency effect, which means we tend to view what is recent as true, right? We, we just look to what's recent. So if you're constantly hearing the same message, grains are bad, they cause inflammation. Grains are bad, they cause inflammation. Grains are bad, they cause inflammation. Well, what do you think is going to happen when you decide to eat a little bit of rice, for instance, and you have this whole keto and paleo community and what who knows what else what other person has dreamed up the fact that all grains are bad and cause inflammation what do you think is going to happen when you eat that food you're probably not going to feel very well it's probably not going to digest that well because of the opposite of the placebo effect the nocebo effect when you think something bad is going to happen and it does so if you're constantly bombarded with all of these different narratives about food and what food to eat and what food not to eat your body will probably respond so i found that i have been a lot more intuitive with food and i can actually eat certain foods that i thought didn't digest as well for me in the past um so that's been really interesting i've also kind of been a lot more in tune with what foods don't work for me despite narratives chattering in my ear saying you should be eating this well if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you like someone at the gym asked me are beans bad and like any good psychologist I say it depends it depends how they're prepared it depends on the state of your digestion it depends what type it depends you can't you can't blanket statements say something is bad, something is good. There's so much nuance into something like human nutrition or, you know, mental health or all of these different things. You can't blanket statement. So I think staying off social media has really helped me to be more intuitive with what foods work, what foods don't, um, and just all manner of things, just being more intuitive in general, what's working for my body, what exercise is working for my body on any given day and what isn't. It's given me more time to be creative and specifically to daydream. Now, daydream has kind of been looked at negatively, but daydreaming can also be quite positive because it can open up these different creative pathways and allow us to think about things that we want and set goals and um, visualize different things. And it can be really helpful. And lastly, and probably as I think more and more about the benefits and all the outcomes that have happened, there'll be more, but it's, it's helped me to feel safer. So there is a proverb that says don't cast your pearls before before swine, lest they get trampled. Not everyone wants to see you succeed. So when you are sharing parts of your heart or things that are important to you with an audience that does not have your best interest in mind or doesn't want to see you succeed, they can come in and trample 
over those things that you find very dear to your heart, that are near to you, that you care for, that you're being vulnerable with. You are not meant to be vulnerable with everyone. That is reserved for certain people. And I think we feel inherently unsafe when we expose ourselves to all of these people that you don't know and majority of them don't want to see you succeed. I know that that sounds really pessimistic, but many of them don't. And is that an outcome of just being on social media too much so it creates this jealousy monster? I don't know. It depends. (laughs) But I know that having not so many people's opinions and eyes on me makes me feel safe. And what my nervous system and what your nervous system needs is to feel safe. So if you're doing things that threaten your safety, like having people's opinions flying at you that do not deserve to be flying at you, it can make you feel unsafe and set off a cascade of other responses. So those are just some of my own benefits that I've experienced, my personal experience staying off social media. Will I stay off social media for good? That is the million dollar question. As it stands right now, I don't intend to go back on. Uh, Does that mean that I'll never like post anything? When I do a podcast, I will usually post it on my stories. uh, But then I won't go on. Like I don't even check to see how many people look at it because I don't care. I know that sounds really harsh and it's like, well, if you want to grow on social media, you got to be a part of the team, but I don't care. Uh, I believe that things will happen as they're meant to happen. I believe that uh, God puts us on the path that we're on and he can make a way where there seems to be no way. So I believe that my podcast will get out there regardless of me being on Instagram or not, because when my mental health is good, I'm good. I put out more quality content. I connect with more people. And the whole goal is connection. It's not to have more followers. It's not any of that anymore. I really just want connection. And I found that that has really increased staying off social media. So I thought this was going to be a little mini sub, like 15 minutes, but I'm just looking down at the time now. It's been half an hour So I hope this gave you a little bit of food for thought and encouraged you to do whatever you have to do to take care of your mental health and your relationships. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to our next chat. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave me a review as your reviews get this message of better health out there. You can also follow me on Instagram at Lena Jade's Healthy Life, where I post fitness, nutrition, and psychology content. All right, you guys, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. And as you go throughout your day, always remember... You are powerful over your health.